0: Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today here on location in Anaheim, California, my guest is an actor, improviser, musician, and podcaster based in Los Angeles. He currently performs in several different improv and comedy groups in LA, including being a part of Disney Entertainment Productions. He is also a contributor to the Super Ego podcast. Music wise, he is a singer, guitarist, and pedal steel guitar player. He performs with an LA-based bluegrass band called the Dust Bowl Cavaliers. You've been hearing a song of theirs, their cover of I Want to Be Sedated by the Ramones, it's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Mark McConville. You did your research. <laughs> I tried, I tried. Uh, welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks Thanks so much for making time to do this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, you've got your poker in several different fires, but since it is standard operating procedure on this show, to start off by having the guest talk about the song that was playing during the intro, talk about uh, your band's cover of I Want to Be Sedated. Yeah, uh, I think the
1: band started out years and years ago, and it's a good amalgam of people who are musicians and songwriters from different genres, and I think really only our banjo players sort of s- steeped in traditional bluegrass. Uh-huh. Everyone else comes from rock bands and singer-songwriter kind of situations, uh-huh. and so like our mandolin player didn't... I think he learned to play mandolin to play in the band. Oh, wow. We, he didn't... I, I think he had a mandolin and was just like, I'll. Oh, it was never really, it was always sort of a garage band feel, I guess. Was it,
0: uh hey, we should add mandolin, and then you oh, went out and found someone? he's a great guitar player,
1: and I think he just thought, oh, okay. it doesn't make sense to have three guitars yeah. or whatever. So. uh
0: But what about that song? Um How, why did the band We started choose... playing
1: out, we played some bars and clubs in L.A., and we needed more, we needed more songs. <laughs> I mean, we didn't really have a lot of original songs, and... um I think that one was so simple, it's just three chords (laughs) and we knew the words and we all, you know, it's a song we loved, so, and still love. Uh, So yeah, we didn't, I think we just needed another tune and we were like, let's add that. It's, we can learn it quick, but then it got such a response at a live show. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, it eventually got recorded. Yeah,
1: we put it on a record.
0: And uh, and then ultimately did another CD that I'd I'd love for you to talk about while we're talking about covering other Mm -hmm. people's music.
1: Oh, it's the, the Tenacious D, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got approached by the label that was doing Pickin' On series, and they, uh, they sort of gave us the choice of a few different bands, but we landed on Tenacious D because I think everybody in the group at some point has done live comedy, and we thought, like, that's more fun than not that so... other music isn't fun, but it just had. We kind of got to do it what we wanted with it, too. They sort of said. You know, you can arrange these songs however you like. Wow! So there are there's a couple of songs that are I don't want to say unrecognizable, but <laughs> we, we definitely sort of took liberties with some of them. And it's funny too how like some people were like, "This is really fun" and "This is really great," and then we got a lot of like, "How dare you?" from from Tenacious D fans. It was real real split. Opinion yeah, on I was it. gonna ask
0: you, how dare you from Tenacious D fans Tenacious or D from, because I from mean, Just Cavaliers m- fans. No, I, I,
1: nobody ever was like, "Oh, you guys are really losing it." It was more, yeah, Tenacious D fans were like, "Tenacious D's rock. Like, why are these Bluegrass guys doing?"
0: But and that's why you know I'm I'm half kidding, which means I'm half serious when I say from Dust Bowl Cavaliers fans because perhaps there were people that said, "What is this? Come on, we want real authentic bluegrass." Oh, well they're knocking on the wrong door.
1: (laughs) I mean, John, our banjo player can he's he's I think world class banjo player. He's he can play all kinds of stuff. He's amazing. And we have a he wasn't with us. He he joined maybe four or five years ago. There's a fiddle player named Jesse. Jesse Olima, who plays with a bunch of bands, and he he can play anything too. So we're really lucky to have a good crew of guys.
0: And you're lucky, you're fortunate to to, to be approached by that label to yeah. oh, say, would sure. the Dust Bowl Cavaliers like to do this project? And I
1: think it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't. You know, early on we we recovered. We recovered. We covered a. Uh, <laughs> uh, we covered some Flaming Lips. We covered. I mean every bluegrass band goes through like oh let's pick some rock songs that we did take it on the run by Ario Speedwagon. Ah. I think more it's more just like it's fun to sort of rearrange these rock tunes into a more traditional. Is
0: there thing. one specific person in the band that will kind of handle the arrangements or is it a few of you or is it all of you?
1: Uh it just depends. I mean Yeah, it really depends. I think if somebody's really passionate about a song and they want to arrange it and bring it to the band and teach everybody the parts, that's that's an option. Other times, it's like, hey, let's play along with a record and see. Yeah,
0: impromptu jam. Yeah, And
1: and then you come up with like, oh yeah, we should do that one. Or you hear a song, you know, you hear a song somewhere and you think, oh, I wonder, wonder what it'd be like to do that.
0: In, the, in case some of the listeners don't know about the Picking On series, because you referred to that's what you were doing. Yeah, this, uh, it's, um,
1: they do whole albums of, of uh, like Picking On, Led Zeppelin, Picking On, Van Halen, Picking On, rock bands. They, I, I'm trying to think if they did. I don't know the, I don't know the library off the top of my head. But it's, <laughs> it's almost any band you can think of, any popular band that's got a catalog worth sort of putting through the bluegrass
0: filter, they do it. It's going to send listeners scurrying to uh, to look for the entire <laughs> series now. <laughs> uh, Mark, I introduced you as an actor, improviser, musician, and podcaster. Mm-hmm. Are you an actor first, an improviser second, a musician third, and a podcaster fourth, or should those be in a different order, or does it just depend on what day of the week it is?
1: Yeah, it depends on the day of the week <laughs> for sure. I think these these days I'm uh, I would say podcasters probably first, because I have a couple things I'm doing, both as uh, vocal talent, I guess, and then producing some stuff, too. So I kind of, that's that's a big part of my life. But I'd, I'm always doing stuff that comes along. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think way, way back to one of the first ever episodes of the show, episode eight with Dominic Pages and him talking about the new economy uh, to an extent how nobody does just one thing these days. So I wonder, Mark, why acting, improv, music and podcasting? Why not just one of them?
1: Uh, I think it's, I mean, sadly, I think it's purely financial. Like you have to make a living. Somehow, sure. so you know, I think about this a lot, actually. When you ask <laughs> that, uh, because I think it would be great to dedicate focus to one thing and only one thing. But sometimes, economically, it's not viable to spend all of your time doing one of those things, unless it unless does you're become, unless
0: you're John Lee Dumas, <laughs>
1: or unless you know, if you're if you're able to book some sort of acting gig that pays fabulously, then you do have a little more leeway with what you can do with your time. But I think for me, I've always sort of been a guy who's looking at different projects and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call myself a jack of all trades necessarily, but I do like to do a lot of different stuff, keep my mind busy,
0: keep just keep busy. And as a creative type, I think that's just kind of the way that things evolve is you do want to be creative and you can't just do music. You can't just act. You want to venture out and try your talents in a few different arenas. Yes. Yes. I think that that's true. I also think
1: that we're we're in an era now where the barriers of entry to some of this stuff have lowered, mm. meaning you can make your own stuff much more easily than you could 10 years ago, or
0: Good 15 point. or 20 Good years point. ago,
1: and so I think it's important for people to sort of if they do want to pursue uh, a music career then they, sh- they it's easier to get the stuff you need to do that. You can record at your own house, yeah. you can make yeah. recordings, you can play shows... Uh, I don't, I don't know. It just seems like,
0: well, you can sit online and perform on concert window or mm -hmm. on stage it and you don't even have to leave the house. Whereas before it's, oh my gosh, where am I going to get booked?
1: Right, right, right. It's all changing really fast. So I think it's important for people to sort of, you know, there's, there's a, (laughs) an acting teacher of mine was sort of like actors are these sensitive beings that can't, uh, they can't do anything else. Like only do this if you can't do anything else. But now I think you're in trouble if you can only do that, because I think you need to also be able to be a little business savvy and you, you need to be able to sort of represent yourself. If you need to, you know, if you need to correspond with somebody about opportunities, like you have to present yourself in a way that they will want to hire you. I don't think it's enough to just be like, I'm this fabulous artist that I, and that's all I do. I yeah. don't think, I I don't know how you could do
0: that. Unless you're Katy Perry or John Bon Jovi or someone like that. But even then,
1: they have people that are... I I don't think those people stumbled into those high-level entertainment positions. I think they're, they're smart people, and they work hard, and they're dedicated, so... And I don't think they just do that thing. They they certainly do those things, the things they do well, because we they wouldn't be selling out stadiums if they didn't. <laughs> but I also think, like, you know, they're probably doing a lot more than that people don't see.
0: And I almost wonder if an argument can be made that uh, someone can say, well, are you being Bruce, the podcaster, right now, or just Bruce, the individual, and, and are you being Mark, the actor? <laughs> and so And so, well, where I'm going with this is that the acting could help certain maybe it's not you and me but maybe there's certain podcasters out there who are listeners i'm holding up air quotes who are playing a part when they are doing their podcast so to have that acting behind you all of a sudden lends itself to i can be a better podcaster because i can quote unquote get into character
1: sure if you're yeah yeah that's certainly true i mean if it's you, a
0: little far-fetched because, I mean, most of us do podcasts like you and I are yeah, doing you just, right now, you, you are, but this two is, guys talking This, into this is microphone. just me. I'm not yeah. doing any sort of, there's no character put on, but I certainly have done that on other
1: shows where I'm playing characters and I'm, mm. you know, the acting stuff is there. I don't know. But yeah, so, persona is weird to me. Like a put on persona is a little... yeah.
0: If I came on here and I said, well... It's me, Bruce. Hello. (laughs) Good
1: afternoon. This is going to be
0: a really exciting episode this week when I talk to Mark McConville. Yeah, I think people are sniffing out phony
1: a little more. Uh, Whereas that sort of I always think of like old newscasters, like Tonard, where like, that, that guy
0: doesn't talk like that at home. So, Funny, I, what are we having for dinner tonight, yeah. and what time will it be served? Next <laughs> on dessert. Um, this this um, this is uh, this is meant to be a different question, but it's going to sound kind of like what we've been talking about. Do, do you love everything that you do, or or is it actually? I wish I could just do. And one of those four things that we're talking about, or or maybe I should say, is it a case of, well, actually, Bruce, I'm just waiting for one of them to be the thing and I will drop the others.
1: (laughs) Boy, if that's an option, I might (laughs) might look long and hard at it. Um, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, I think I do a lot of stuff because it keeps me, I'm interested in all of it. And you love it all, yes. Yeah, and but I won't deny that sometimes I feel spread too thin and sometimes I feel like something's got to give and sometimes stuff does give and sometimes I do say I can't. I, I haven't really... We've been playing some music now, but for in the last maybe two years, the music has really taken a back seat, mostly because there's only so many hours in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a thing of like, nah, I'm not going to do this anymore. There's not a willful decision of I don't enjoy music or I don't enjoy live comedy anymore that's that's never it but it is a thing of i just need to be a person and and if opportunities arrive i look at them and say is this a good idea or a bad idea but i don't think there's ever any time where i've gone like that's it i never want to touch a guitar again or i never want to you know i never want to look at a script again that doesn't really happen
0: yeah. And I think of it from the standpoint of, you know, people will say to me, wow, you're up to 144 episodes with mm-hmm. Mark McConville and you've got listeners in 124 countries. Do you think you're just going to get to a point where you just do full-time podcasting? And I go, uh, I don't know. You know, and so that, that thought goes through your head of, you know, do I want to just do podcasting and podcasting alone And with you? It's do I want to just do comedy? Do I want to just do music? Do I want to, you know, and I guess the answer is is, is as, long, as soon as the financial return is there, yes. Then yeah, I want to do that and just that.
1: I think so. But I think, you know, I I also, again, it's like I'm not this person. So I don't know. I don't know what that's like. I do really admire people that just are singular focus i i'm going to be the best bass player around i'm going to be the best character actor around and that's all they do there. i it's tunnel vision for them and it, it it's it's helpful to if you can keep your eye on the prize of uh, that's what i want to do so i'm not going to compromise it and i'm not gonna it seems to me that it's very limiting to have that and to not yeah like money aside if you could just do the one thing I boy I just think I would get bored
0: well because yeah if I'm hearing you you know if you're Brad Pitt you're this wonderfully successful actor that doesn't need to do anything else and all of a sudden someone's going to say hey Brad you should do a podcast nope nope no nope, I, I I can't do a podcast I'm just an actor mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't host shows yeah, I you know I well think, why not but <laughs> I get that phenomenon
1: time. of you know like athletes want to be comedians comedians want to be musicians actors want to be athletes there's like this weird circle of you know people getting you, I do think it's important to have more than one pursuit and more than one interest because I think it it's boring if you're just like if you just took I'm thinking of acting specifically like if you just took acting classes all the time and auditioned all the time and never ever ever experienced the world through another lens that it, it it's so damaging as an artist and as an actor you can't you need to be out in the world seeing people and seeing how they interact and yeah i don't think it, it's very useful to just have that immer- maybe for a short time you have that immersive study experience and 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 you're fully dedicated to it but i just think you, i would burn out i think i would burn out and i do think that people sort of like Specifically with the bluegrass thing, I think of Ed Helms, mm-hmm. who's was on the Office, and mm-hmm. you know, a huge comedy star. He loves bluegrass music, and he taught himself. He he got he became a very good banjo player and a very good guitar player. Uh, yeah. throughout his years on the Office, because they had a lot of time for him. I I've spoken to him about it. He he was like, I have all this downtime. I thought mm-hmm. I'll take. He was taking online lessons and.
0: He's yeah, wasn't there a scene now. in in uh, The Hangover where he was playing the guitar on I'm the sure. boat or something like yeah. that? And so I I didn't know that about him. Yeah, that, that... and
1: he he actually has a thing, a website, The Bluegrass Situation, where it's all that Americana bluegrass roots mm-hmm. music and it's really cool. And like obviously he's a tremendously successful comedy actor, but the music stuff is there too. So yeah. I just yeah, I think more and more we are living in a world where You can't... It's healthy to have a little more than just the one pursuit.
0: Yeah, very well said. Very well said. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on location here in Anaheim, California, is actor, improviser, musician, and podcaster Mark McConville. You will find him online through a couple different websites. His band is at www.dustbowlcavaliers.com. His podcast is at www.gosuperego.com, and there are certainly lots of social media platforms to engage with. The band is on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast is on facebook twitter and youtube and mark himself is on twitter and instagram there are links to all of these on the two websites that i mentioned also you can purchase his band's music on itunes cd baby and other online retailers and as i've always said in the past to get the proper spelling of his last name just look at the title of this episode on your listening device Be sure that you're also checking out www.nhte.net, as in Now Hear This Entertainment, nhte.net. For every episode of this show, we have there the full audio, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e-newsletter at nhte.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to be on google play music too go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the now hear this page on facebook and to follow on twitter and or instagram if you're a new listener to the show thank you and please do check out some of the prior episodes of now hear this entertainment we've had a lot of great guests along the way so far i mentioned one of them already episode eight with dominic pages as always many thanks of course to those who are not first-time listeners i very much appreciate your time and your interest and support And by the way, whether you're going to look for Dust Bowl Cavaliers music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help this show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. Mark, let's focus on music here a bit. I've seen online that you sing, play guitar, pedal steel guitar, harmonica, upright bass. Um, When, where and how did you become such a diverse musician? Well, that's very nice of you to (laughs) say.
1: Um, We should maybe leave upright bass off i can play i was gonna ask you if all of those
0: are correct because it also are, says online that you're a phd and you're telling me off air that you're not that's so a,
1: that was just a little <laughs> joke because we're all the super ego podcast we're all doctors doing psychology <laughs> quote unquote so uh no the music stuff i think that's all accurate like, um, upright
0: bass you're saying eh, well i play in the band so I, in the
1: Bowl cavaliers oh there's a few songs that the bass player wrote on a guitar and we've tried them where he's, he, he usually, he sings a ton of our songs, but Mm -hmm. he just was like, I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't do it. I got to play the guitar part. And so I'm not that comfortable with a bass, but you know, since it is a guitar minus two strings, (laughs) it makes sense in my brain somehow to Uh play. It's fun to play it. I mean, I don't have one in my house. I would love to, because every time there's a bass around, I'm always like, Oh, let's check that thing out. But, (laughs) At this point, I feel so. With all the stuff that I do, music is tough. I don't really have a ton of time to dedicate to
0: learn. But was intro, that but of these four things we've been talking about? I mean, obviously, you weren't doing podcasting as a child, but no. uh, but I asked <laughs> when, where, and how you became such a diverse musician. Was was this one of those? Oh, when I was a little kid, I was already, I don't know, guitar lessons or voice lessons or something like that. No,
1: I took piano lessons. My mom, uh, my my uncle was a a very very wonderful musician and. Uh, but my par- my parents aren't. My dad is certainly not a. He loves music, but he's not a musical guy. Hmm. He doesn't make a music. I don't know that he. Like, does he play anything? At all? <laughs> He'll sing little ditties to himself, and he likes to listen to a lot of music. And my mom, my mom's a good singer and can kind of plunk out notes on a piano. So from a pretty young age, they had me taking piano lessons. Okay. And uh, it was work. I would just, I remember hmm. being a kid and, and sort of going. This is, I, I, I don't know if I like this. I think a lot of kids have this experience where they are. They just
0: want it to be fun.
1: I guess. Or like, you know, I remember my teacher was wonderful. Was such a good piano player. And I would say like, oh, I want to learn rock and roll. I want I didn't <laughs> know how to say, here's the music I'm interested in. Uh-huh. So I was learning, you know, she'd have these like sort of remedial boogie woogie sheet music for like you know beginning players and intermediate players it was never but you know I was like I guess I wanted to learn how to play jazz and she didn't play any jazz she was a pastor's wife who played organ and she could play rock piano too but I mean it's pretty
0: so at what point did you did you venture off on your own and teach yourself guitar yeah so I took piano
1: from probably five or six maybe not that young but around then till about till 16 I mean I have a I played, I really tried to, I just was never going to be a good piano player. I think I knew it the whole time. <laughs> I couldn't, the two hands working. I'm trying, each lady, other. but I'm
0: just not going to be good at this. I just,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm done. I also didn't, I'm done. I done I don't think I fully understood the value of practice because mm. practice to me was never, rehearsing it, rehearsing, that's not right, but practicing piano was a chore. It mm-hmm. was, and it was never, it was just like, okay, I'm going to play this three times and check we yeah, done with yeah. that. And it wasn't a thing of, oh, I'm going to play this to the point of understanding it. It yeah. was always just, there's the notes, let me play them and we're done. So I think guitar really came around in early teens, like 11, 12, 13. I was very, very enamored with guitars and sort of wanted one. And my piano teacher's son played guitar, very into metal and, uh-huh. uh, I just was like, yeah, that guy's, that guy's got it figured out. And He's so got something that I want. He was certainly influential for, early on for me because I would come to piano lessons and he would be in the house playing guitar. So it was always sort of playing these guitar or playing these piano parts yeah, in my lesson. Yeah. But out of the corner of my ear, <laughs> I could hear him playing guitar.
0: I'm listening to you, lady, but I really like what's going yeah, on what's in the going other room. Downstairs. <laughs> so, yeah, I think.
1: Um, I borrowed a guitar from someone, from someone at, uh, I think at the church that we went to. And then, uh, I borrowed my, I might've borrowed my aunt's guitar for neat, a while. Neat. And then it was just, I just locked myself in my room. Yeah. And okay.
0: I'm doing this. I'm doing this now. And
1: then, yeah, I just, uh, I, th- Oh, I worked out a deal with my mom. I was like, I want to buy a guitar, but I didn't have any money. And so she <laughs> said, if you can get straight A's. This this yeah. portion of the school year, we'll we'll, we'll spend buy some on. money and get some guitar. So I don't think I did it. I think I got all but one A, and she was like close enough. So <laughs> yeah, from then on, probably like 14 all the way through now, I've always kind of... Picked at a guitar somehow, some way.
0: And then uh, since the band does have four CDs worth of music, I wonder, are you a songwriter too? Yeah, I do. Uh, not not a,
1: not much anymore, but yeah, I've certainly written some tunes. Yeah, that's, uh, I think too, like I was really, really, I've had a few moments like with the piano and with the guitar too, where I was trying to play, you know, a million notes in a measure and <laughs> trying to be this guitar hero. And then I realized... I could do this, I could spend 12 hours a day trying to get to where people that I admire are and I don't I don't think I'm going to get there. I think I need to find a different way to sort of express what I am feeling and all the all stuff, yeah. all the reasons that people yeah. make music. I'm not going to be this virtuoso that I, I admire that stuff but I just yeah. I didn't ever think that it was possible to get there and so I find I think college I'd turn a corner a little bit to more songwriting and more feel and more uh less technical music for lack of a better yeah. term if that well makes in other sense. words at this
0: point i'm not going to shred like i'd like yeah. to i'm not, I'm not going to be eddie van halen however i can be a pretty darn good lyricist if if i apply myself to that well instead. i
1: think two tastes tastes evolve too i wasn't really listening to that stuff anymore i was discovering all these different bands and uh stuff would really grab me i think uh a real serious turning point was uh, discovering Ben Folds 5
0: Uh uh-huh. in that band. Yeah, yeah. They were
1: doing this loud piano rock with a distorted bass, you know, three-piece band. And it's like, I don't play any of the stuff in this band. I don't play piano well enough. To play. <laughs> I would try to learn his songs on the piano and just like, well, he's doing something I don't know how to do. I don't play bass like that. I'm not a drummer and they're making this really cool music and i can't even i i can learn it on guitar i guess like guitar was sort of the focus at that point and that was a real turning point of like oh i guess you don't need to have you know that virtuoso guitar ability yeah. to make really touching music and really powerful music and it kind of opened me up to like all right what w- let me rethink this a little bit more yeah
0: Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is when I speak to college classes, I always say, take an internship to find out that maybe that's not what you want to do for a career. Similarly, if your heart isn't in a certain facet of your music career, a change is likely in order. Changing genres, learning, or putting down an instrument, being solo instead of with a band, or vice versa, the list goes on. Bottom line, don't settle because it's what you think you're supposed to do. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show, To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1 and a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 2 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40 and 41 to 80, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Mark, I want to talk more about your acting and improv careers. Um Back in the intro, I highlighted your work with Disney Entertainment Productions because obviously people hear the name Disney and think, yeah, whoa. Yeah. But talk about the other groups that you're working with too, because you're doing quite a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Super Ego is this weird amalgam of... A, it's a comedy podcast. We do live shows. We're doing one here at this festival. Um. I'm in a group called Opening Night, the improvised musical, which is exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Every Friday night at 9, we do an hour-long fully improvised musical.
0: Where specifically is that, just in case there's listeners that are in a close enough proximity they can drive and see you do it? It's at
1: I.O. West, which is on Hollywood Boulevard in L.A. Um, It's really good. I loved that show before I was a part of it. I would go occasionally and see it and be blown away. I mean, I just think... Some of the original cast is still in it, and they're fantastic. And it's, I'd say it's a magic trick. I mean, it's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of, you know, the, the cast knows each other pretty well, and they work together really, really well. But it feels, when the show's great, it feels like a magic trick. It feels like, mm-hmm. how did they do that? You know, we've been accused of writing them, writing shows, and really? saying they're improvised, really? which is a really great compliment. Yeah. And also very, like, you need to see more shows. <laughs> you should see more written shows. Um, so that's a really, that's just a really fun show to do, and a did total you,
0: workout. Excuse me for interrupting. Did you ever do like Upright Citizens Brigade? Any kind of like you know formal? What I guess what I'm what I'm ultimately getting to is how, how did you get started in improv? Oh, um,
1: I was doing plays in high school, and mm-hmm. then uh, I joined a group that was they would do we would do improv exercises throughout and i loved whose line is it anyway the british Mm. version wow watch as my brothers and i would watch that i would take care of them in the summers my parents worked and so when we weren't in school i was sort of mr mr (laughs) Mr. nanny for lack of a better term (laughs) and we watched a lot of that uh so i knew those games i knew the short form improv games from uh from watching that Mm kind of religiously and then this theater group was doing some of the games. I was like, Oh, you can do these yourself. I didn't mean everyone dawned (laughs) on me. And then, uh, I went to school at the university of Wisconsin and in Madison, Wisconsin. And, uh, there's a, there was a comedy sports there, Hmm. which is a sort of chain of improv theaters around the country. And, um, they did a show at our freshman, I guess, orientation week. I mean I was I already wow. knew about them cuz I grew up near Minneapolis yeah. and I had seen the Minnesota the Minneapolis group quite a bit and I was like oh they have one in Madison too well, let me meet these guys and so I took a class with them and pretty quickly nice. they were like hey come to some rehearsals and let's put you in a show here and there and see and I just never really looked back I always joke that I majored in improv because I have a theater degree from the University of Wisconsin, but I I only really did one play. The emphasis is an acting. <laughs> I like get an acting degree from the university and I only really did one play on campus. Wow. But I was wow. doing four or five or six improv shows a week.
0: No kidding. All
1: through college. Oh my gosh. Cuz I just loved it and it was like, oh, it didn't pay a lot, but there was money
0: and I was in college Well, and I can you know, I can see in the way that you're talking about it that and just I mean, it sounds too coincidental, all these things, everything was right there in place for you that it's like, okay, this is a calling. I mean, obviously this is what I really want to, this is what I really want to pursue is improv.
1: Yeah. And I, I will say too, I went to college with a sort of blind sort of going, uh, you know, the university of Wisconsin has sort of a cheesecake factory menu of majors. (laughs) There's, I mean, there's hundreds (laughs) of majors to choose from. Unlike if you were to go to a smaller school that maybe only offers 10 or 15 programs, there were probably 200 things you could major in. So I just thought, wow. I'll go, I'll start taking classes there, and I'll find something I want to do. And uh, I don't know, I just landed in the theater department, but the the improv stuff was, yeah, I just, I was, i, I think to chase that.
0: I think you've just answered this for me, but just to put it on the record, so from the category of what came first, the chicken or the egg, did you get into improv to help your acting, or did improv launch you into acting? What, what's... No, I would say I was acting, I did,
1: you know, honest to goodness plays in, at a children's theater in high school. I did, okay. you know, okay. scripted material okay. first for sure, but okay. I don't, I think... If you were to look at if someone had kept stats on me all these years, they mm-hmm. you'd see the the improv hours are way higher than I think any other pursuit.
0: Yeah, but technically you were already acting in high school, yes. so yeah. it was an extension. It was well, this is a different form. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna step outside of the traditional acting view that people have, and I'm gonna go do improv now. Right. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: And then yeah, I mean, I it certainly makes you. I think improv makes you a. An, it can help you become a great actor. I'm sure. It it just keeps you open and listening, and there's just, like, minor, seemingly minor skills that just help so much.
0: Well, I was out here one time. My best friend lives in Marina del Rey, and he took me up to UCB, and I was just so blown away by what people do at that that I can see where, needless to say, this has to transfer over and make you a better actor.
1: Yeah, I think it does, too. Just almost by virtue of... You have to be so present to be an act, uh, to be an improviser that not all actors have that naturally. Mm. I think it's a hard thing to teach. It's a hard thing to wrap your brain around. And improv has helped lots of people to, to have that.
0: Well, yeah, because if you're just learning lines and you're showing up ready to read them as opposed to, okay, we're just going to throw a scene at you. You go, wait a minute. I didn't read for this yet. What yeah. am I supposed to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on location here in Anaheim, California, is actor, improviser, musician, and podcaster Mark McConville. You will find him online through a couple different websites. His band is at www.dustbowlcavaliers.com. His podcast is at www.gosuperego.com. And there are certainly lots of social media platforms to engage with. The band is on Facebook and Twitter. The podcast has its own Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. And Mark himself is on Twitter and Instagram. There are links to all of these on the two websites that I mentioned. Also, you can purchase his band's music on iTunes, CD Baby, and other online retailers. And as I mentioned before, to get the proper spelling of his last name, just look at the title of this episode on your listening device. Be sure that you're also checking out www. As in now, hear this entertainment. It's NHTE.net. For every episode of this show, we have the full audio on NHTE.net, plus the guest's photo, a link to their website, and quotes from the guest on each show. Sign up for the e newsletter at NHTE.net and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or by following on SoundCloud. We are thrilled to be on Google Play Music. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nhte.net to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and to follow on Twitter and or Instagram. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you very much and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I always start off by suggesting episode 101. It was a best of from some of the first 100 shows. As always, many thanks, of course, to those who are not first-time listeners. I very much appreciate your time and your interest and support. And as I mentioned earlier, whether you're going to look for Dust Bowl Cavaliers music and or other music, books, whatever, go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there so that you can help the show in the process of buying whatever it is that you need from Amazon. Mark what about the Dust Bowl Cavaliers is that considered your band and and <laughs> oh, no what, what's the what's the next big thing for the band or is it just playing lots of shows we
1: just did a, uh, we got hired to be the sort of I don't know what to call it we got hired to do an episode of American Crime which is on really? ABC wow and we we're uh it's Four of us, so the band is sort of you know people have kids and they get jobs and
0: do an episode meaning appear in it or just are do appearing a song? In an episode wow. and two of our
1: songs are featured alleged i mean it's we shot it and we gave them permission to use two yeah. of our songs so i don't know I don't know what that necessarily means we might be in thirty seconds of the thing yeah. We might be in a lot more, but uh it was cool we did a night shoot and we're just going to be this band playing at a party on an episode of
0: the so i I started asking you is it considered your band and you laughed and were shaking your head no so somebody must really be taking on the dust bowl cavaliers and going out and doing something that's getting them noticed by an abc tv show getting the band in a position where you could be approached by a label to say we want you to do this pick and on project I, i gotta say i don't I, it's,
1: it's Matt Young, who is our bass player and he's the sort of driving force behind anything that we're doing. He's the de facto manager of the band. Cause we don't have that necessarily, but, um, yeah, he's the one who sort of puts us out there in the world, but I, that, that television thing was a sort of anomaly. I think we were just sort of on a for lack of a better term, like a bulletin board thing of like, hey, we're a bluegrass band in LA and you can hire us and they cold called us like I don't amazing. know how they amazing, us, but, you know, it certainly helps that we have a website that people can check out and we're not some ghost that's like <laughs> like, oh, I heard there's a band, but how do you get a, a hold of them? Like,
0: But that's interesting because, excuse me for interrupting, that's okay. that, that's interesting because, you know, there are so many young up-and-comers who are wanting to know, man, listen to this guy. His band is going to be on this ABC show. How do we get our band on there? Oh, they must know somebody. And you're here to say, no, he, di- he didn't actually pursue them. He didn't know anybody. We just kind of got a cold call. Yeah, I think. Uh, so it gives hope for these up-and-comers. That, hey, you never know. Put, your stuff, put yourself out there enough, and someone might just cold call. call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. And I
1: think too, like, this is some advice that's maybe pertinent to what we're talking about. And it comes from John Hodgman, who's, uh, was on the daily show for years. I think he still is on the daily show. Uh, He's, uh, I used to edit his podcast called judge Mm. John Hodgman. And, uh, he, someone was asking about like, I wrote this thing and nobody wants to read it. And I, I'm upset. And John gives advice on the show. And he said, the hardest thing about being an artist is making your thing and then putting it out in the world and not caring whether or not anybody mm-hmm. checks it out. And I think that's, wow. it's hard. It is hard because you want everybody to like what you do. Yeah. But that's impossible. Not everybody's going to like what you do, but you have to like it and you have to put it out there or you don't, you don't have to, you actually don't have to put it out there. But I think, you know, this, the band specifically started it, it, I think we played at a house party because matt thought it would be fun to just have a jam and have a party and the guys that stuck around for hours playing it's like hey let's try this song those guys ended up being in the band and guys have come and gone guys have left town and guys have said i don't have time for it anymore but we always Mm -hmm. try to get together and play and it's only because we like making music together i don't think there's any Not to say we don't have ambition, but I don't think there was ever any sort of grand design of we're going to we're going to spend six months in Nashville to make our concept album. Like that doesn't that's not part of our fabric. I think we are just guys who like to do this and these opportunities show up. And if you're open to them and you can say, yeah, we'll we'll do it. And then you win. That's a win to me, I think. I'm certainly probably in the minority. I think people would rather be like, I'm gonna go hard and I'm gonna get yeah, all yeah, the trappings yeah. of of fame, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play as many shows as I can, and all this, and you know that's a path. I I can't deny that that is, works for people, but for us, it's like some of us are dads, and some of us you know we have relationships, and we don't we can't dedicate ourselves to it fully, but. When we do it, we try to do it the best we can. And at
0: the same time, you have been able to have some 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 nice moments. You know, whether it's an, and I'm wondering, you know, what has been your your biggest highlight with the Dust Bowl Cavaliers? Was it one of the CDs that, that the band put out? Was it certain show that y'all played? Is it is it this ABC thing? We is it a, getting approached to do the Pickin on series? I mean, very early on, we
1: did a we just drove up the West Coast and played a bunch of shows and mm. we booked all that ourselves and. A couple of the shows were fantastic, and a couple of the shows, I think that we did a show in Oregon and nobody came. I think there was a woman who was doing her homework (laughs) at this place, and she was like, "You guys are good. If I'd have known, I might have had some friends." But it's like we've taken our lumps. We've certainly played some really great, huge shows that are really fun, and we've also played stinkers. And I think it—it's never really—it's just always been about. Making the music we want to make, the way we want to make it, and letting people notice it, and deciding that you know, like again, like that ABC thing, like you said, it, we didn't pursue it at all, and I think it—it's just having a having a having the catalog out there, having a, a resume, for lack of a better term,
0: and having you know, the attitude of we're going to put it out there and not really lose any sleep if nobody cares,
1: right. But then, you know, like the flip side of that for me, especially with musicians, is like if you want all those trappings of, like, I want to play these arenas and I want to headline a tour and I want to live on a tour bus and, you know, like be that traveling troubadour, I think you have to be willing to play a party in somebody's backyard yeah, for, yeah. for for be- for beers. Yeah, and you have yeah. to be willing to play at a bar on a Tuesday night for nobody. Yeah. And you have to... It has to thrill you to do it on any level. I think that's really a thing that can get lost, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, really uh it it, it still though, it still goes back to the point that I make over and over. I don't care how old and and how tired it is, but you know, this whole idea of you never know who might be there. And um, episode 141, a few weeks ago, Fly By Midnight, those guys talked about the fact that they were at a party and um, met Joel Schumacher at, at a party in New York. Mm-hmm. and you know a fan and said hey you know i we ought to do something at some point you know let's let's work together and so they literally called him out on it and called him up and said, "Hey, joel we met a month ago at the party we're ready for you to make us a music video and he did that's it's awesome. all yeah so i mean that that you know like you say you got to be willing to play someone's backyard party even if you think it's below you because maybe joel schumacher's at that party you know yeah. or,
1: yes i think that's absolutely true and i think maybe that's more important than anything else is just sort of being open to the stuff that comes down the trail at you sort of like, can I say yes to that? Is that, you know, you have to assess whether it's worth it for you to do that stuff. But I I certainly, even in comedy and acting stuff too, it's like, I've certainly auditioned for stuff, but I've also had people go like, Hey, I met you on this thing. I need somebody, Hmm. you know, there is a little bit of, I think there's an undeniable amount of it's who, you know, but, somehow you have to get to know people. So I think they are part and parcel. They don't, sure, there's sure. no separation of that. I think that's maybe the grand trick of that sort of like, Oh, how do I get to know people if they aren't, how are they're not going to come? Cause they don't know me and I don't know, but it's like, well, if you're not putting yourself out there at all,
0: you're not going to meet anybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're in the home stretch here, but uh, we certainly have to talk about your podcast. Tell the listeners all about super ego. Uh,
1: super ego is an improvised, podcast where we we improvise for maybe 20 or 30 minutes and then cut it down to about four three four five minutes just depending on what we have and it the goal is that it sounds like a written sketch Hmm. so we're improvising just into mics in a room and then uh matt gorley who's sort of our the captain of that ship he uh he edits and does a lot of post-production work on the audio to make it sound like it's
0: why edit it down to three or four minutes instead of saying, let's keep the whole 20?
1: Well, I w- I've been in the improv game long enough to be very frank where I can say a large percentage of what you do can be garbage. And improv, is t- it's hard. It's hard to catch the lightning in a bottle. But we had found that if we had funny ideas, we could try all this stuff and 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 sort of sculpt it, if that makes sense. So... You know, if we're doing a scene about a washed-up country singer uh, meeting his estranged daughter, we can do that scene for 20 minutes and... And pick the best. Pick what is funny about it. Yeah. And also say, hang on, stop. Hey, try this. Like, maybe get really mad. Or, wow. hey, we can direct wow. within the sessions. Which, we don't do a ton of that. We kind of just generally, it's very organic. And these scenes just sort of happen, and then... We cut them down to more polished.
0: Yeah, the opportunity sandwiches. is there, though. Um, go ahead and uh, and 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 plug Super Ego. Tell the listeners how often it comes out. Who else is is well, on this with you? Uh, where they can uh, get it?
1: The podcast is myself, Matt Gourley, Jeremy Carter, and Paul F. Tompkins. It is sort of on ice, honestly. We have we started in 2006. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so our catalog. You can listen to current episodes for free on iTunes, but I don't. We don't really have anything planned for the immediate future to put out any new episodes. But there's probably, I would say maybe 15 or 20. Well, maybe that's too many. Let's say 15. I'm um, wild guess. <laughs> Available for free on iTunes. You can check them out. Cool. Um And then our back catalog is on Howl.fm. Uh, it's the Howl app. It's Earwolf Network made us sort or of premium audio app it's sort of like netflix for podcasts so there's tons of f- amazing content on that our our archive is on there we have some live shows posted on that cool um god there's just a there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm, on howl. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you really if you like those free episodes you can listen you can join howl i think you get a month for free if you if you join So you can you could spend a month listening to stuff we were doing. It's kind of it was fun to go down memory lane and sort of go like, oh man, we were. Some of it's like not funny anymore in a way, but some of it's just like, oh my god, we really were like that. That's fun. But again, I can't say it enough. Like we, I can't say it enough. We we made Super Ego because we wanted to make it, and there was no expectation. There was, I don't think we thought anyone would ever listen to it. I think we just made it and put it out there. And that's, so much has come out of it that it, it it's its own amazing reward. But we never came into it thinking, oh, we'll do these festivals and people will we'll get these great guests. We never thought, it was never the motivation to it. It was just, we wanted to make funny stuff and we found a way to do it. And that's
0: it. Cool. Uh, we're going to close today with Another song from the Dust Bowl Cavaliers, one called Got Me a Woman. So, Mark, before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please.
1: Sure. I wrote this song sort of in one shot while I was stuck in traffic. Uh, I had a little melody bouncing around in my head and, and sort of maybe a rhyme scheme, I guess. And I uh, put it all on paper, scratched it down on a little notepad. In the
0: went,
1: car. I mean, I'm stopped on a freeway. Yeah. There's we wow. weren't going anywhere. <laughs> and then I kind of just was singing it the whole way home, and then when I got home, I got my guitar out, and the chords were kind of right there in the guitar case. Like, it's a weird phenomenon, Amazing. just a song popping out where there wasn't one an hour earlier. I, wow. I didn't. It didn't feel like work.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't even that the lyrics popped in your head. Like you said, I was singing it the rest of the way home, so you already knew once you got home and picked up the guitar what chords you were going to play. I don't think I knew what key
1: it was in. But <laughs> once I, uh, once I figured it out, it, it yeah, I mean, it's, there was no, I didn't do drafts of this thing or anything. It was pretty much fully formed. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's a, that's, that's just one of those songwriter, one of those rare songwriter moments. Yeah. I think you get
1: a couple of them, maybe if you're lucky.
0: <laughs> Mark, this was great. Thank you ever so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You bet. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to actor, improviser, musician, and podcaster Mark McConville. Do check out his websites for his band, www.dustbowlcavaliers.com. Do like their Facebook page. Follow them on Twitter. Purchase their music on iTunes, CD Baby, or other online retailers. For Mark's podcast, visit www.superego excuse me go superego.com. Like that show on Facebook, follow on Twitter, and subscribe to the Super Ego YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. And remember also to follow Mark himself on Twitter and Instagram. I will say it one more time: you can get the proper spelling of his last name by looking at the title of this episode on your listening device. Don't forget to visit www www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address and of course please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too hopefully accompanied by a 5 star rating that really does help the show a lot If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and repost is how you share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nhte.net. Plus, there's a link there to this show on Instagram. Or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nhte.net. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from the Dust Bowl Cavaliers. This is the one Mark just talked about. It's called Got Me a Woman.
2: Got me a woman, she's nice and mean. Smells like flowers and gasoline. Hottest thing inside this greenhouse. Oh, got me a woman. Got me a woman, she's tan and pale. Skinny as a stick and fat as a whale. I'm gonna end up in that chill house Oh, got me a woman box inside this thing